0: So those who celebrate, happy Christian McCaffrey trade day. Today is the one-year anniversary of trading Christian McCaffrey for the Carolina Panthers to the San Francisco 49ers. A lot has happened in a year, hasn't it? I miss him.
1: <laughs> it was just like yesterday. Still
0: haven't, still haven't gotten over him, huh?
1: I mean, I know I'm only 15, but to me, this kind of feels like the equivalent of when you watch your first child go to college. Oh. And you're just like, man.
0: Came back for the summer, now he's going back for, exactly. for sophomore yeah, year. That's exactly right. Uh, today is the one-year anniversary of the Panthers trading Christian McCaffrey to the Niners. The only thing that's remained constant for the, the Panthers over the last year, and even a little before the McCaffrey move, is consistent big swings, big changes, big, like I think one thing's going to fix it all, moves which is just not possible. And then lean to mediocrity. And ending up where they are. Medi- I mean, let's be real. Mediocrity would be a you need a ladder to get up to that level. Right? They're 0 6 <laughs> and don't have their first round pick. I think uh you, they would be they would be very 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 pleased to be mediocre at this point. Um but let's go back to like again, like I said, it didn't start with the Christian McCaffrey move, but it's a good chance to kind of uh, observe uh and and look at the the big picture right because it's just big move big move big move and and when that happens you get almost lost in it right you can't see the forest for the trees because the trees are redwood it's a big move let's start with the firing of Matt Rule okay that's one thing to celebrate fired Matt Rule a handful of weeks into the season last year That's a big move, right? That's, hey, we don't like the way this is going. We're going to do something big, something crazy in order to sway our fortunes in a big way. A couple weeks later, what do they do? They trade Christian McCaffrey, their best offensive player. That's a big move. That's a big swing. That's a, hey, we don't like the way things are going. We're going to make a big move to try to sway our fortunes. One-year anniversary of that move was today. Uh, A 2023 second, a third, and a fourth, and a 2024 fifth round was the pick. Then, after the season, they hire Frank Reich. Then, they hire an all-star assistant coaching job. Each of these moves big moves that are supposed to sway the entire fortunes of the franchise. Frank Reich was the veteran. Frank Reich was the coach that had seen it all, done it all. He's been a part of a Super Bowl champion with the Eagles. He had five different quarterbacks of all different varieties with the Colts and and, and to varying degrees of success. They brought in Frank Reich to change the whole fortunes of the franchise. Then they gave Frank Reich a blank check and said, go get the best coaches you can find they got evero from a very good defense on the 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 broncos they went and got um Thomas Brown from the Sean McVay coaching tree, which has been so successful for so many other teams. They, they went and got some, somebody like Caldwell, who had said publicly the only jobs he would come out of retirement for or uh, come back to coaching for were head coaching jobs. But he came back to the, the Panthers for a uh, senior offensive assistant role, which means, cha-ching, they made it worth his while. Uh, all this, this uh, Deuce Staley and Josh McCown, we'd go on and on. What, did, what was that all-star coaching staff supposed to do? change the entire fortunes of the franchise. Then they traded DJ Moore, two first round picks, two second round picks for the number one overall pick drafted Bryce Young. What was that supposed to do? Change the entire fortunes of the franchise. Now on their bye week, they're changing play callers from Frank Reich to Thomas Brown. What is that supposed to do? Change the entire fortunes of the franchise. There is time between these moves, but not a lot of time. There is very little, uh, like, like you know, when you get the the microwave foods, right? It says, you know, microwave for three and a half minutes, let sit for a minute before eating. There's no letting anything sit with the Panthers. There's no letting anything cool. There's no stirring. There's If it's not ready right away, they're doing the throw it out, start again throw it out start again what's the next big thing we can do like the 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 reason why i bring it up today is because on on like anniversaries right it's a time for reflection one year ago today the carolina panthers traded christian mccaffrey who i mean still if you walk around a game if you walk around you know a bar when there's a panthers games on there's a lot of of Christian McCaffrey jerseys.
1: I'd say it's almost the trademark jersey of the franchise behind Cam Newton. I was gonna say like Cam- it's one
0: of the most popular selling jerseys, and and they're still wearing them. And it's and they traded him a year ago, so the the instinct is to is to say, all right, on the anniversary, right on on after one year what was the impact of the Christian McCaffrey trade, right? That's what, you know, 20-year reunions are for, and that's what, uh, you know, five-year retrospectives are for and and all those sorts of things. Um, So on the anniversary, I I wanted to look back and see what the impact of the the Christian McCaffrey deal was, but it's almost impossible to decide what the impact of the Christian McCaffrey deal is because you don't know what big swing, big move to attribute it to, right? You could say, oh, without Christian McCaffrey – the, the team has crumbled. But then it's like it also could be because of the coaches. It also could be because they traded everything away for a number one pick. It also could be because they traded DJ Moore. It also could – like all of these things are, are massive swings. How about you make one, right? How about you think long and hard about what is the best move for the franchise and, and you, you do it if you feel like you have to, but then you let that seed grow, Right? You traded Christian McCaffrey for future picks and then did four or five other like blow up the franchise moves before you got to make the draft picks. Before you were using those draft picks to trade up. Uh, it's it's a little patience goes a long way. And and the more and more we we kind of dive in further and further into the cause of why you know, the Panthers fan base is being so tortured. It, it's, it comes back to that that four horsemen of the franchise we talk about, the quarterback, the coach, the GM, and the owner not always being on the same page. And it seems like the the top, tippy-tippy top, right, which would be the owner, David Tepper, his impatience is making it very, very difficult for them to show any kind of, let's let this simmer right? The, the, every single move, if it's not working like gangbusters right out the gate. All right, what are we, what are we changing? Now, I understand there are certain points where it's like, we got to do something, right? There are certain points where like the changing of the play callers, if, if you would have just rolled through the bye week doing the same thing you were doing before the bye week, you would have lost a lot of enthusiasm. I understand sometimes you got to do something, but there's a difference between like, hey, we got to try something new, and, hey, let's trade away our two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and, and DJ Moore for Bryce Young. <laughs> like, that's there, – there's a spectrum between those two
1: things. Victoria, the producer of the Adam Gold show, which you just heard here on 999 The fans. she coined the term Panthers be Pantheon. Panthers be Pantherin.
0: Pantherin, yeah.
1: I got a new one. Big okay. Panther energy. Big Panther energy. Just like that guy at the bar that, you know, has had a little too much. He's like, I could beat you in an arm wrestling match. Or if you want to mess around and find out, we can take it outside. Well, for the Panthers, messing around and finding out was trainway away your best player, train away your first-round draft pick, uh-huh. train away DJ Moore. And look where it's got. They found out. It, it, yeah,
0: it's, it's, now it's, they're on the side of the curb getting their face iced. It's Yeah, it's it's misguided Big Panther energy, right? And, and it's the kind that everybody else in the bar is aware of. Right. It's like, uh, you know, one of the things that I say about bar fights is uh, MMA fighters look like normal people in a hoodie. Correct. Like you you don't you don't know what their background is, but it, it's the equivalent of like somebody that's so, you know, uh, toasted. So three sheets to the wind that they don't recognize. It's like. Anderson Silva or something like that, it's and, and everybody else in the bar knows and is like, oh, this isn't going to go well there. He's he's trying it with the wrong one. It's like everybody's looking at the Panthers going, mm, I don't know if this is going to go well. We went to the Super Bowl with Cam Newton with a one-loss team. and it's Yeah, the, the, the wide receivers were no better for Cam than they are right now. And it's like, ooh, you're going to make a move, aren't you? Oh, you're going to make a big trade. I'm terrified that they're a big trade at the deadline. We're going to talk about trades that are possible. Everybody with common sense is saying Brian Burns is one of the most likely big pieces to move at the deadline. There's a way to do that with patience. You trade for picks, trade for younger players. You trade for things that can mature and and grow in value over time. The other way you could do it is trade a whole bunch of things for a win now asset and and that to me is what an uh, an impatient franchise would do. I'm terrified that's what the Panthers are going to do. Got to win now. Got we can we're not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs yet. We're only 0 and 6. That's that's the rest of the bar looking at you going, "You you know that's McGregor, right? Like you don't want to poke him in the chest more than once. What are you doing? Like that that's what's happening right now. And and the Christian McCaffrey, that's one poke. The Bryce Young trade, that's two pokes. It's like if you poke him again, he's going to break your finger. Stop it. For North Carolina this weekend against UVA, there's there's I'll say three goals, okay, and these are these are broad goals. I mean, in reality, there's a thousand goals that every team has, right? You want to win on third downs. You want to win the turnover battle. You want to uh, establish the uh, three goals that I'm going to choose to highlight. One, ready for this? We're going to get real crazy. Uh, win. Two, keep Tez Walker electric. Find a couple plays, draw them up. I know North Carolina, NC State, you don't want the comparisons drawn often, but uh, we've talked a lot about NC State drawing up creative ways to get KC Concepcion the ball. Now, that's because at times it feels like he's the only one being effective as a playmaker. North Carolina has a different thing, which is uh, Tez Walker has been so electric and so dynamic since he came back, specifically in that Miami game, that He's going to be circled on the, the, the scouting report from this point forward, but you don't want to lose that dynamic ability. So, so get Tez, get him out there, get him rolling. Three, remind everybody who else is on the team. Omari and Hampton, he ran for almost 200 yards, a score, caught another touchdown in that same game against Miami. That, I mean, come on, right? You realize how I don't want to say frustrating it is because players, you know, if you ever ask them to their face, and definitely in a program that has a cranking like North Carolina does right now, they'll say it's not about who gets the credit, it's not about who gets the media love, it's about getting the win. But can you like, can you imagine being Amari Hampton? You ran for almost 200 yards, scored a touchdown on the ground, good in the passing game. Caught a touchdown through the air. You walk off the field, and what is everyone saying? Oh, my gosh, Tez is so amazing. Well, well, I had a pretty good game too, right? So this game against UVA is if you're playing well, and obviously if you're not playing well, if you're not ready to go, if you show up flat, then you're going to have to change everything and just give yourself a kick in the pants, light a fire under your you-know-what. But if you show up and you're playing well, there is an element of you get to choose, right? Who's showcased? Who who scores the touchdowns? Uh, UVA is giving up more points than anyone else in the ACC. So so you get to go out there and and, and you understand that you should win by a lot. Think of it like I use this example all the time. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal talks about when he goes to who calls him Shaquille O'Neal? Shaq. Okay. I used his government name. I don't know what his middle name is. Uh, Shaq talks about when he went to the heat that uh, Gary Payton and um, white chocolate and, and Jason Williams were two of the better point guards he ever played with because they recognized who needed, who needed the ball the best. Right. Uh, Pat Riley could be on the, the, the bench screaming like, you know, four low, get it to D Wade four low, get it to D Wade. But if, if, Shaq needed the ball he had run up and down the floor used a lot of energy hadn't gotten a touch Gary Payton would look at Pat Riley and say got to get it to Shaq he just understood right now if there is a game where it's you know a two-point game and there's uh you know four minutes left sorry Shaq I don't know if you've gotten the ball recently uh if the best play is D Wade I'm going to D Wade, right? If this is the uh, that finals against the Mavericks, I think it was against the Mavericks, where Dwayne Wade basically put the entire state of Florida on his back and said, I got you. So, sorry, Shaq. Like, we got to get it to D Wade. However, if you're playing the, I don't know, pick a bad team, Wizards, and and you're up 20, that's where you get to feed guys who need it. That's where you get to feel for for anger and see who's frustrated and get them the ball. Against UVA? For, for an offense like North Carolina that has Drake May, has Tez Walker, has Nate McCollum, has J.J. Jones, has Copenhaver out of the, the, the tight end position, has Omarion Hampton, has British Brooks out of the backfield if he's feeling back and healthy to, to his former self. It, with all of these different, different wide receivers and playmakers, UVA is an opportunity where you're like, hey, you know who hasn't gotten the ball a lot recently? Let's make sure he has three or four catches in a quarter right let's make sure he has a drive that that makes him go oh yes this is a blast and in the meantime score 40 plus and get the style points we were talking about yesterday score 40 plus and get the style points and what i mean by that is you yeah, you ever notice and and i'm i don't get political i don't even really follow politics and, until it's election time and i try to educate myself but, uh, you know, like two, three years before, like, a presidential election, you'll start seeing, like, a senator, and I won't even say what side. Just all of a sudden they're making, like, more high-profile speeches. All of a sudden they're, they're making appearances in swing states, and you're like, oh, I think, I think they might be planning something, right? Now, they haven't announced that they're running. They're just laying the foundation, right, just in case they want to run, just in case they need to, to, to make it happen. They're, they're planting some seeds here. Well, guess what? A college football playoff run to the college football playoff is is similar because you know you're not gonna you got to talk about your uh, we got to win one and zero right we got to go one and zero we got to win this week and then our goal is to win a conference championship and we we respect our conference enough not to look beyond that and yeah but at the same time about midway through a season the undefeateds the one loss teams with impressive resumes. It's like, oh, you're making some high-profile speeches, aren't you? Oh, look at this. You're buddying up with some of the lobbies. Oh, look at this. Why why do you keep showing up in Iowa? It's like, oh, you're in swing states, right? So so North Carolina, this is a high-profile speech for you. What I mean by that is uh, score 40, be wildly impressive, long touchdowns, remind everybody that you have Drake May, this golden-armed, golden goose of a quarterback that's laying golden eggs, uh, that you have Cedric Gray, that you have some of these defensive players. You're not just on offense, that you have Omari and Hampton. You're not just this high-profile passing game with, with an NFL quarterback. And, and let the committee see that, because here's the thing, and I say this every year, the committee's going to say they watch every, every single game of every single contender. I haven't done the math, but I'm guessing there's not enough hours in the day, right? And they're usually all, like, also, they have day jobs. They're not going to watch the UVA-UNC game. Definitely not live. Probably not in its entirety. They'll catch the the box score and the highlights. Make the box score and the highlights impressive. Yeah. Let this game be your resume game. Just, just a game... That like when you're playing, you know they got some tough games with Duke. They got they have later on, right? The uh, NC State is going to give them problems just because of the rivalry. They Clemson have on the road. Clemson on the road is going to give him some problems just because it's Clemson on the road. Uh, those games, win at all cost. Those three games just got a lot more bigger than they already were. And and, and at the it's, beginning of the season, and you're you're not going to be thinking about style points there, right? You're just going to be thinking about points, points. You're yeah. just going to be thinking about winning the game. So take advantage of the chance you have against the worst defense in the ACC and an offense that uh, not much better. Yeah. The Cavs
1: defense allowing 31.7 points per game. Mm. was Carolina done through their first six games?
0: Well, I mean, Average 30 more points. Yeah, exactly. And, and getting better with the addition of Tez. So I'm looking at this for North Carolina and I'm saying, have fun, man. Right. And, 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 we're going to talk with, with Mike Lennon later on in the show and former NC State quarterback. He makes this point. Uh, this is college football, right? This is not Little League. You do not have a, a requirement to keep it close. Now, that's not to say you run a fake punt up 45 in the fourth quarter, but if you're up two scores and it's the second quarter, it's 14 nothing, and you want to keep rolling, yeah, you can call a fake punt there, right? You can keep throwing it deep into the third quarter if you want to. Virginia gets scholarships too just like every other team gets scholarships and and if you want to not run up the score but if you want to score a lot of points very small difference there feel free right do what you got to do uh and and go get what's yours